And we're going to continue to think about this wonderful key that God has given us to drive the devil out, to create a throne for him in our hearts and in our homes, the key of praising God. In the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, we have more glimpses of heaven given to us than in any other book in the whole Bible. Now, it's very sad that many believers don't read the book of Revelation. And the devil doesn't like you to read it because it's the book in the book of Revelation that you read about the devil's final destiny being cast into the lake of fire and the devil certainly doesn't want you to read about his defeat and his being cast out. But I would encourage you, if you have never done it so far, to really seriously read and meditate on the book of Revelation. And in that book, we have many, many sevens. You know, it speaks about seven lamps and seven thunders and seven trumpets and many, many sevens. And one of those sevens, which is not mentioned as seven, but which is sort of hidden throughout the whole book, is this. Seven glimpses of heaven. And if you have the patience to meditate on these seven glimpses of heaven, you will see that in every one of those places, they are praising God. I just want to show you those passages very briefly. First of all, in Revelation chapter 4, if you have a Bible, just look at it right now. Revelation 4 verses 8 to 11, the last four verses of Revelation 4, you find that they are praising God and saying, Thou art worthy, they cast their crowns before him. And then again in chapter 5, verses 8 to 14, again we find the elders and the living creatures and the angels and millions and millions of angels saying with a loud voice, notice that, they don't say it softly, verse 12, with a loud voice they praise God and praise the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Then we see another example in chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. This is the great multitude of people who have been born again, cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ who are standing. And again it says in verse 10, they cry out with a loud voice to him who sits on the throne, saying our salvation is due to God. And all the angels also join in that and they fall down before the throne and worship God, saying Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power be to God. And then a fourth sight of heaven we find in chapter 11, verses 15 to 18. And there we find a loud voices in heaven again, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. And they give thanks, O Lord, because thou hast taken thy power and begun to reign. And then we see a fifth picture in chapter 14. And verses 1 to 4 where we see 144,000 standing with the Lamb on Mount Zion and also singing this new song. And then a sixth one in chapter 15 and verses 1 to 4, where we see a sea of glass, verses 2 to 4, and those who have overcome standing there and with the harps of God, they are singing the song of Moses and of the Lamb and saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord. And then the last glimpse of heaven, in chapter 19 and verses 1 to 6, 
where there's a loud voice again of a great multitude saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Babylon has been judged. And the second time they said, Hallelujah! And they said, Give praise to our God. And it says here, This voice of the great multitude, verse 6, was like the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty peals of thunder. Have you got a little picture of heaven now? What does heaven sound like? Like thunder. The praise. There's not a single angel there sitting depressed and gloomy or complaining about something or scared, wondering what's going to happen in the world next. No, nobody's scared. They're praising God with all of their heart because they know that God is on the throne. They praise God for his sovereignty, his holiness, his judgments. There's not a single long-faced gloomy angel anywhere in heaven. You find them only in hell, not in heaven. And the more you're long-faced and gloomy, you bring the spirit of hell into your lives. And the more you are cheerful and happy, acknowledging that God is on the throne in your heart, in your home, in your church, and in heaven, the more you bring the spirit of heaven into your life. And so we see here again and again in these glimpses of heaven that people shout hallelujah and amen. And it's meaningful praise because they say hallelujah because God has done this or because God is sovereign. They worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now the Holy Spirit has come from heaven into our hearts to produce within our hearts the atmosphere of heaven. He's come into our homes to produce the atmosphere of heaven in our homes. He comes to our churches to produce the atmosphere of heaven in our churches. What should it be? It should be an atmosphere of praise. Now, you may say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll start praising the Lord. Well, why has the Holy Spirit come then? He's come to prepare us for heaven. He's come to teach us the language of heaven before we reach there. Now, for example, if you had decided that you're going to migrate to, say, France and live in France for the rest of your life, what would you do before you went to France? One thing you'd certainly do is learn French, the language of France. You won't wait till you go there. You'd like to learn it before you go there. And do you know what the language of heaven is? It's the language of praise. It's good for us to learn it now before we go to heaven. It's a language in which there is no grumbling, no complaining, no murmuring concerning anything. It's a language of continuous praise. Let's learn that language now before we go. We are told in Revelation 14, one of the passages that we looked at, that there were 144,000 people who sang a new song before the throne, Revelation 14.3, and no one else could learn that song except these people. And they learned it while they were on earth. Now what is this new song that these 144,000 people were singing? Now we already saw in Revelation 4 and 5 the new song is a song of praise to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the old song then? If this is the new song. Well, the old song is the song that everybody sings on earth. 
A song of grumbling, complaining against people and circumstances, first verse, second verse, third verse. It's all the same. Somebody or the other has done something and something or the other has gone wrong and every day they're singing that same song, verse after verse after verse after verse. It's only got one thing. Everything is going in a bad way and this person is bad and the other person is bad and this person is evil and somebody else has treated me badly and somebody else has cheated me and the circumstances are so bad and it's time of financial difficulty and it's the same old thing in every single verse. It's the old song. But in the midst of such a world where everybody's singing that old song, do you know God wants you? If you've given your life to Christ, God wants you to learn this new song. And that's a song of praising Him. Don't wait till you get to heaven. Learn the language now where you say, Lord, I know you're on the throne. If you're willing, like I said in an earlier study, to die with Jesus. You see, we complain because we don't have our own way. Everything doesn't work out according to our plans. But they are working out according to God's plans. God is on the throne and you're not. That's good. If we were on the throne, we'd mess up everything in our lives. But because God's on the throne, he makes everything work for good. And so when people praise God in heaven, they are praising God because they believe in his sovereignty. And if we believe in the sovereignty of God, that God Almighty is ruling this universe, we would also give thanks in everything. Now let me show you three passages in scripture about what we are to give thanks for in the New Testament. Now, this is not found in the Old Testament because they did not have the Holy Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, they came together maybe on Saturdays in the temple to praise God. And then they'd go back home for six days of grumbling and complaining and come back again on Saturday morning to praise God in the temple. Well, that's how many Christians live today. They come Sunday morning to the church meeting to praise and thank God and go back home to six days of grumbling and complaining, come back again next Sunday morning to praise God. That's an Old Testament life. Well, it's better than nothing, but it's hypocritical. It's saying something which is not true in the rest of our life. But in the New Testament, we're told to give thanks always, not just sometimes. First of all, let me show you 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. Here it says in 1 Thessalonians 5:18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. In Christ Jesus. So, tell me, after reading that verse, how many things should you thank God for? Everything. How can you give thanks for everything when some of those things don't appear to be very good for you? Because you believe in Romans 8.28 that even though that is evil, God makes it work for your good. See, Romans 8.28 is like a filter. Now, some of you may have seen this AquaGuard filter which filters the water uh, which comes through the pipe and at the end of that system you get a clean glass of water. See, that's a water filter with ultraviolet rays and a candle that removes germs and bacteria. You can put any amount of dirty water through that and what you get through at the end is clean water. Romans 8.28 is like that. Clean water. Everything works for good. So that's why we give thanks in everything. And the second verse is Ephesians 5.20, where it says, we are to give thanks for everything as well. Ephesians 5.20, always and for all things. That means all the time. 
And for every single thing, we should give thanks. And the last verse is in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, where it says, We are to give thanks for all men. Have you understood it now? In every situation, for everything, at all times, and for all men. If when you learn to do that, you learn the new song. And you can learn it only on earth. Why? Because in heaven, you don't have difficult situations, you don't have difficult people, you don't face problems, you don't face trials. So it's only here on earth that we can learn this wonderful new song, to learn to praise God in every type of situation, for every type of person. Say, Lord, you're on the throne. Things may be difficult for me, may be hard, but you're on the throne. Let me encourage you, dear friend, to learn this song of praise now.